Welcome to the Guys From Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith. Today's question comes to us via at Sean Cord. Brandon has asked us to discuss our list of top ten guilty pleasure movies. We have done this one before in the Lost Podcast. We have, yeah. But it seems like it's been long enough now. Definitely has been long enough now as we're a year into having the new podcast and the new website. And I honestly don't remember any of the movies I had in the last one, so... Yeah, yeah, we don't keep intricate files on what we've done in previous episodes. No, this is on my... My list is on my iPad, and then once we're done with this, I'll just delete this note and be like, okay, well, I'm yep. done with that. And then four months later, <clears throat> Bill asks us to do our top ten guilty pleasure movies, and Dave will have eight different ones. 100%. <laughs> like, yeah. So, that's why this works so well. Exactly. Because <laughs> every day, it's something new. Like, two days from now, it'll be a different list. And that's the beauty about these lists, is it's like... It's mood dependent, and I mean, some of these would definitely be the same. Oh, yeah. I think my top four would probably always be my top four. Right. But outside of that, I'm sure some of them would move around. Yeah, no, and that's 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 the thing. And it, these lists in general is kind of the way it goes. Yep, pretty much. Except for top tens from decades. Sure. I think those would largely stay the same unless you see something new. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just saw this great movie from the 30s, so now Bringing Up Baby will be on my list for the 30s. Well, I had never seen it before, so now it would be on there. <coughs> right. Like, The Apartment would probably now be on my list of the of the 60s. Yeah, but we've already done it. Exactly. So if we were to do it again in a couple years, Which, it could be completely be honest, different. Absolutely. Some of them would stay because The Sting is my third favorite movie of all time. Right. And regardless of how many movies from the 60s I see, that's not really going to change. It's probably not going to get replaced. Yeah. Right. It would have to be a really, really good movie. Yeah. And have to just tickle me right, you know? Because like, there's some that I really enjoy, and it's just like, it's good. I don't like it as much as The Sting. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So now we're we're doing our top ten guilty pleasure movies. Excellent. Kind of looking forward to this one. So, like... Guilty pleasure is such a subjective term. Yeah, and I never really feel guilty about watching anything. No. And we've talked about this before on a number of occasions, where it's not, like, I don't feel bad about watching or enjoying something. Like what you like. That's... Exactly. That's what life should be like. But the way I've done my list is I've mostly looked at films that have problems, be it bad acting, bad script, the production's not very good, whatever, but I still love them. Right. So that's why I consider them to be guilty pleasures. Sure. Or if the, like the critical response and the user response, like on IMDb, if those are all fives and I have them rated at nine, I'm like, okay, this might be considered a guilty pre- pleasure for me. Interesting. Because the only one that I, I had one rated at like eight or nine, that was the user rating was 6.3. And I didn't, I didn't count as a guilty pleasure because Space Jam is just good. Although, it, but you could call it a guilty you pleasure. You could call it a guilty pleasure. Because when you think about it, the script really is not good. Okay, well then I'm, that's going to be my honorable mention. Okay. My first honorable that's... mention is going to be Space Jam, because I already talked about it. Perfect. Um, <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a cheesy movie, and it's really not a great script, but... It's a good thing you guessed what color socks I was wearing, and we're going first anyway. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's... There's something about that movie. I mean, I love Looney Tunes... Yeah. I don't love basketball, but basketball movies aren't bad. And this is an enjoyable, like, you don't need to know a lot about basketball to know who Michael Jordan, maybe Larry Johnson, like, at the time, the guys that they steal the... Larry Bird. 
Uh, oh no, he's no. golfing with Larry Bird. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Larry Bird's also in it. Yeah, I know. He he golfs when he gets pulled into the Looney Tunes world. Yeah. He's golfing with Larry Bird. And Bill Murray and I can't remember who the fourth is. Wayne Knight. I couldn't remember if Wayne Knight was golfing or if he was just just the assistant. Just with Michael. Yeah, I don't remember. Guess I'm gonna have to watch it again. Well. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Johnson and Muggsy Bogues and uh, Charles Barkley. Yep. I can't remember who the other two are. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Michael something used to play for the Knicks. I don't know. Patrick Ewing? Yeah, that's what I meant. Michael Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember who the fifth was, but big tall white guy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Big, like Detlef Shrimp for something like that. But it wasn't Detlef. But yeah, yeah, it was somebody like that, but not him. I don't think. I don't think it was Christian Leitner. I. It uh, doesn't really matter anyway. Just like five great basketball players. Yeah, but you didn't need to know a lot about the NBA. These were all of the guys that's like they do commercials. Yeah, you see Charles Barkley here and here. And Everybody here. knows Muggsy Bogues because he was five foot four and yeah. played in the NBA. Yeah, probably is still five foot four. I think so. I can't imagine he had a girl. And now he's seven two. (laughs) But these, yeah, like everybody knew and knows who Charles Barkley is. Yeah, and every I've never met a person in my life who doesn't like the Looney Tunes. Yeah. So it just made sense, but so, but it wasn't a great movie. No, it is not a great movie. As far as like cartoons mixed up with live action, I take Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Over Space Jam. Definitely. But I really do love Space Jam. Sure. So, yeah, that one's... that. Calling an audible, that's my first honorable mention. Great. My first honorable mention is Ghost Game. Yeah. This is a movie that we talk about quite frequently. When we are asked to do our favorite bad movies, mm-hmm. Ghost Game will most likely be number one, although there will be some Blood of Beasts to talk about. We'll have to have a discussion of whether Triangle counts or not. Yeah. there's There are others, but there's nothing like Ghost Game. I have spread that film to so many different people because it is so, so funny. And anybody who has seen it and knows what they're getting into loves it. Yep. You can't go in expecting cinematic brilliance. No. You have to go in expecting Ghost Game. Yeah. But uh, if you're going in with an open mind and just knowing that it's going to be goofy... You will not be disappointed. Yeah. It is so bad, but so good. Cousin Ted is one of my favorite film characters of all time. Yeah. I love Cousin Ted so much. Yeah, he's he's perfect. I thought we were going to a spa called Cabine. <laughs> Where do you know that symbol from? I saw it on an erotic D&D site. There's no time for judging, but I keep my fresca in there. I, I need to watch that movie again. It has been far too long. Yep. So that may be something I might come over some night. We may do, well, we need to do another bad movie night. We do. And when we do, maybe do a, like, a classics bad movie night. I'll bring Blood of Beast. You can bring, you can have Ghost, have Ghost Game. And yep. then, I don't know, we watch The Triangle or something. Or do I have The Fog? I might have the first ever bad movie we watched, which was The Fog. Uh, the remake of The Fog, yeah, not yeah, the yeah. John Carpenter Fog. Yeah, the bad one. Yeah, with Tom Welling. <laughs> that that might be, there's our, there's our three. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, uh, Ghost Game is about a group of college-age friends, Wink, who go to a cabin in the woods, but on an island. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they are haunted by witches. 
If you ever have a chance to watch Ghost Game, get through the first 10 minutes. Yeah. If you get stuck on the really, really awful, like, canoey witch section, I can understand you stopping there because it's terrible. Mm -hmm. But you have to get to the kids and you have to meet Cousin Ted. Yeah. Because after that, it's wonderful. It's all downhill from there. Uphill. Uh it's all gravy. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It's all gravy after that. Yeah. Suffer for the first few minutes yeah. and then get to where all of a sudden they start dying. Because yeah. it's a horror film. Yeah, exactly. Well, because they play the don't play this game game that yeah. they found in the cabin, you know, instead of doing other things. You know, that trope that it, Cabin in the Woods movies always have. Exactly. Yeah. So Ghost Game is my first honorable mention. Nice. My second honorable mention is The Town. Okay. I, I put it on here because... It is. I mean, a lot of a lot of the movies on here are action movies or horror movies because a lot of them are not great. Yeah. Um, the, the town is a heist movie. It's a basic heist movie, but it's. I mean, it's got good actors. It's got Ben Affleck. It's got Jeremy Renner. Pete Postlewaite is in it. Like, there's very That's a good cast. Yeah. Uh, John Hamm is, plays the FBI agent. Like, there's a there's good actors in this, but at the same time, it's not necessarily a great movie. Like, there's not a lot of plot to it. Okay. But I really enjoy it, and every time I see it on TV, I'll watch it. And every time, like I own it on DVD, I saw it in the theater. Like it's, it's not a horrible movie, which is why it's in my my honorable mention, rather than up higher. Yeah, but it's it's still, so yeah, it's 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 not great, but it's really fun and really enjoyable. So basic premise is it's kind of a gang of four people uh, who are bank robbers in okay. um, Charleston and in, in Boston. Okay, yeah, and. Uh, and John Hamm plays an FBI agent who is trying to track these guys down and basically trying to, to, to arrest them for it and everything like that. Right. Um, and without giving too much away, their final heist is they rob Fenway Park. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's a really fun movie, and there's a couple decent car chases in it and everything like that. And, yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's, you get to see a younger Jeremy Renner kind of before he really became famous. And, right. And John Hamm, kind of right around... Um, the start of Mad Men? I can't remember. It came out in 2010. So, Mad Men's kind of mid-Mad Men. Yeah. Um, Blake Lively is in it. She's pretty... That's pretty... Like, that's post-Gossip Girl bit Blake Lively, I think. But Okay. You know, she hadn't... You're the Gossip Girl fan. I have no idea. I just know that she's in it. <laughs> Derek's ex used to watch Gossip Girl all the time, so... Ah. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a good movie, and you get to see kind of the start of a lot of these a lot of these actors, and cool. Yeah, so it's it's worth checking out, and Baffleck directed it, so that's fun. Anyway, yeah, it's 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 good, but too good that it couldn't make my actual top ten. Fair enough. Yeah, my second honorable mention is Silent Hill. Oh, okay. I've talked about Silent Hill before. Is that the one with the creepy like ner uh, nurses? Yeah, the nurses I've showed you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, I might not have seen it, but I remember You're remembering yeah. stuff. I really enjoy it. Okay. I realize it's not a great film. I realize it's based... It does not really do the video game justice, but at the same time, it kind of does. Okay. It's good. It's about a woman who's going to try and find her daughter in Silent Hill, and Silent Hill is just a creepy, foggy town filled with weird. And is that the premise of the video game, too? Pretty much. Okay. Hmm. Nifty. Yeah, that, like, okay. that's just... That's what it is. What more can you say about something like that? Like, with, without, without giving, giving something away. away? Yeah. Plus, I do think you would probably enjoy it. Plus, Sean Bean's in it. I do like Sean Bean. So, yeah, but I think you'd like it. Okay, well, and it's, like... We're getting into Halloween season, so I'm like, I don't want to spoil it, because this could literally be on Peach Tree or Movie sure. Time or something yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, and and I mean, we all know how I feel about horror movies. So any like, even if it's not the best horror movie, yeah, I'll still check it out. So. I really enjoy this one. Cool. Okay. Uh, my number ten, and I mean, these are for the most part in no particular order. Sure. Because they're all guilty pleasure movies. Yeah. This is just kind of the order that I found them in. Uh, right. My number ten is Tremors. Okay. Sure. Yeah. It's one of those movies. There's a hardcore Tremor fan base. I know. And like a huge Tremors fan base. And I get that because it's a fun movie to watch. It's yeah. one of those ones where wherever you see it on TV, you have to watch it. And I'm, I'm one of those people. I would say I really like Tremors, but I also acknowledge that it's a terrible movie. Oh, it is. And that's uh, that's the, you know, what you would consider a guilty pleasure. It's yep, just like definitely. It's not a great movie, but I enjoy it, and I feel that way about Tremors. Like it's and you stop and watch it every time you see it, exactly. and that's exactly what this should be like. Yeah, and so that one, it. I mean, how can you not Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre and uh, the girl from Jurassic Park? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Ihorror.com. Cheese Marin, Cheese Marin is in it. I think he says, "Yep." I think, or just some other Latino guy, but like I. I think he's in it thanks donald trump <laughs> um fred, fred ward yeah fred ward is in it like it's just it's and then you get into the sequels and the sequels are ridiculous ridiculous and also pretty fun there's a series coming is there yeah and actually i think i knew that and i kind of got giddy about it because i'm like oh god that's gonna be so bad but probably so good and from the sounds of it kevin bacon's doing something with it oh interesting so. okay for more details, head to iHorror.com. There we go. Anyway, so for those of you who aren't from the 80s, who have never seen Tremors, it's about these gigantic snakes that live underground and basically eat people. Yep. And they... In the Southwest? Yeah, like... I think it was Arizona. Yeah, yeah I was going to say like Arizona, New Mexico sort of area. Like, it's very deserty. Nevada. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's very arid and... Yep. Um, yeah, like, the, these, these creatures can feel vibrations whether it's speaking or somebody walking or a vehicle driving they they sense the vibrations and that's what sends them off right uh so yeah it's it's just ridiculous and the creatures are disgusting and just it's a it's a fun little movie it very much is Mm -hmm. my number 10 is wet hot american summer nice i definitely consider that a guilty pleasure by my definition because Mm -hmm. the movie is not good no when you look at it plot wise there isn't one but I don't care. <laughs> Paul Rudd, Amy Poehler, uh, Lord Michael Ian Black. I'm trying to remember because uh, they just had Molly Shannon. They just did the first day of camp yeah. series on Netflix, which I never got around to watching because I'm having trouble justifying the fact that they did a prequel ten years later. But that's part of the joke. It's still pretty fun. Is it still good? Yeah, okay. I really like. Some of it is kind of ridiculous. Uh, John Benjamin. Yep. Yeah, like it's. I just. It, that movie is so fun. David Hyde Pierce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it made what, like... And Janine two... Garofalo. Yes. Uh, uh, for long-time listeners may have noticed, as Dave is a Patriots fan, I was calling Jimmy Garofalo, Janine Garofalo, and now my phone autocorrects Garofalo to Garofalo, and I have no say in the matter unless I go back. Uh, sorry about that injury. Ah, uh, he might... He won't be back... Well... By the time this comes out, the game will already be over. Yeah. But as of a recording this, it's not. Right. I'm guessing he's not back for the for this week. But... They announced that he's not. Oh, okay. I haven't According seen According to Ian Rappaport, okay. he's not playing Thursday. But it wasn't as bad an injury as I was expecting. There's a chance he might be back for week four. Which is great. 
I, the way he went down, like I wrote in, in my article uh, on Monday, on Monday yep. I thought it was a shoulder separation at the best. So it's an AC sprain. It Month. could be worse. Yeah. yeah. So just the way, like, his weight plus that defender's weight going down, like, that's yeah. 400 pound of dude landing on a shoulder. Oh, God. Yep. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's that's a great, great guilty pleasure. And I think the movie, like when it came out in theaters, it only made like $200,000 or Nobody something like Nobody cared at all because how do you sell it? Yeah. It's a sketch movie, basically, yeah. set at a camp, kind of. Yeah. With no plot. And then there's something about the, the space station. Something, I can't remember. That can, kind of crashes, with, but there's also the talent show. Yeah. But there's also... What is your favorite part of Wet Hot American Summer? Being a movie that I'm talking about that you've actually seen. You've seen Ghost Game, too, because I made you sure. watch it. But it's so um, rare <laughs> that you've seen stuff on my lists. And it, I do. Like, Paul Rudd's character is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I, Elizabeth I, Banks? Yes, she is. She plays yeah, the, like, the, the, the reporter, right? Like, the... Oh, I'm... Sorry, that's that's from what uh, first day of camp. Yeah, when you see her. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of getting my wires crossed there. That's half that's the okay. problem. But like, I do love like, I I think Paul Rudd's character just that don't give a damn. And but, although Mike Lee and Black's character is amazing, he's too. so good. He in is that. so good in that. I I always have loved Molly Shannon's art teacher. Yeah. Where all of the kids are consoling her through this breakup, and then she hooks up with one of them at the end. Yeah. Spoilers, I guess, to Wet Hot American Summer. Is she the one who's... She's with the, the chef? Is that... No. Oh, okay. It's some other, like, random guy. Okay. Because I'm also... Like, I was thinking there's... I can't remember. Like I said, I I, yeah. I haven't seen the movie in a while, and I just... I did watch did the TV watch show, so I'm kind of getting everything mixed up. Okay. But but I should watch first... As you now fun. know, I enjoy yeah. Wet it's, Hot. It's pretty fun and okay. kind of ridiculous. And you just have to go in with the same expectations you have with what, with the movie, and I think you'll be fine. Okay, great. Yeah. I will probably watch that then. Great. Uh, my number nine is The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> That's a definitely a guilty pleasure. It's so bad. Yes, it but is. it's so good. <laughs> the one-liners are the best. Yep. And one of the reasons I like it so much is because I would spend... Like, Christmas is at my cousin's place, and we'd spend a week at my cousin's place in the summer and everything like that, and inevitably, Dan and I would stay up till four in the morning, and at some point, like, just hanging out or playing Sega or whatever, Right. and at some point, we would find The Last Boy Scout, we'd watch it, and so it's just like, it's one of those movies that is synonymous with my childhood. Gotcha. And, like, Bruce Willis is, I mean, this is post-Die Hard, Yep. but kind of pre, like, it's Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. Post Die Hard, but pre Die Hard at the same time, because yeah. that's never stopped. Exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, like it, it's it's kind of vintage. I will say vintage yeah, Bruce Willis, definitely. Um, where he, I mean, he plays a deadbeat private eye. Like that's the part that Bruce Willis was born to play, pretty much. And so he plays a private eye. Damon Wayne plays a, a disgraced former NFL quarterback. Okay. And. Uh, uh, okay. Damon Wayne's girlfriend, who's played by a young Halle Berry, gets murdered, and so Damon Wayne's teams up with Bruce Willis to try and basically solve the, the the murder. As you do, as you do, and it's just like there are so many great lines, there's so many great moments. It's just I haven't seen it in so long. I definitely own it on DVD, <laughs> Good. and I'm not even ashamed to admit it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, 
if I was ashamed to admit that I uh, I like a movie, I wouldn't even put it on here. Like that's that's how guilty it is. But none right. of these I'm ashamed to admit that I like. So no. yeah, um, like I said, there's a lot of action. This is pretty good action movie. Um, From what I remember, yeah, it's yeah. decent. Yeah, so I, it's it's definitely worth checking out anyway. Cool. If it's on TV, like I wouldn't go out of my way to watch this movie. <laughs> I got this collector's edition off eBay for yeah. ninety eight dollars. <laughs> it came with a hat. <laughs> and a football. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a good it's a good hangover day movie. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. need some of those. Exactly. Yeah. Often after a, a weekend at the cabin you get home, it's just like I don't want to do anything, so you plug in a movie and just kinda of lay there like a zombie. That's what That's, these lists are for. Absolutely. Yeah. My number nine is technically a series, and it's Final Destination, but oh, interesting. for okay. specific purposes of this list, I will say Final Destination 5. Okay. But I, as long as you've known me, you've known I like these movies, and yeah. I know they're not good movies, but it's the amazing Rube Goldberg machine of watching death kill these kids is right. so awesome. You know, I've never seen one of them. Really? Yes, and it's not for lack of, like... I love the concept of Final Destination. Yeah. And every, like, it's one of those ones where anybody in our generation, even if you haven't seen it, you know you what know it's about. You know Final Destination, yes. Yeah, they escape death. They have and a then, premonition, they escape death, death comes to get them. Yeah. Done. What a cool concept. Yep. I just haven't seen one. Yeah, so you what really is, need to. Yeah, what is, why is five better than the rest? Or more of a guilty, is it just that much worse? Y- yes. But they also, at a certain point, realized what their formula was and started playing with it. Oh, so okay. hardcore Final Destination fans like myself yeah. would be able to watch it and see like, oh, I see the set, I see how he's gonna get it, I can see the setup. But what they would do is they twist it. Okay. So like that wouldn't be what kills the guy. Oh, cool. It would be something completely different that you didn't really think about because you were so focused on the other thing. Oh, so they were playing with it. I don't think it would be as effective if you hadn't already right. gotten. So I, if I'm gonna watch five, brain. I should watch the first four. Oh, watch them all. Yeah. yeah. I obviously, but it's like, so worth I should it. watch the first one before I watch the fifth one. I would, yeah. Okay, but I like that. It's kind of the bait and switch, hey? It's like yeah. look over here, look over here, look over here, bam! Yeah, exactly. Gut shot from the other side. It's like, oh man, he's going to die from all of those. He goes to not to spoil anything, but there's so many deaths in these sure. that are amazing as it is. Oh man, he's going to die from the acupuncture needle. He's going to fall off the table. The table's going to break. He's going to fall on the sure. acupuncture needles. Amazing. It happens. He's still alive. He gets up, knocks a shelf over, stone Buddha, dead. Come it's on! It's just like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love Final Destination. That's fantastic. I love that. I, I like when movies have such a long life, especially movies like that, that they can kind of be tongue-in-cheek yeah. and kind of almost be self-serving. If you take it as a serious horror movie, you're not going to have a good time. Sure. But if you go in being you're like, have I'm a bad gonna, time. Yeah, I was going to say it and I'm just like, no, I'm going to just kind of keep going because we're already at 23 minutes. Oh God. So <laughs> this is going to be another long one. It yeah. feels like, but yeah, it's just, you watch it to watch these ridiculous situations right. work. Cool. I, I love that. So final destination. My nice. number nine. Okay. My number eight is the mummy. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Brendan Fraser, uh, Rachel Vice, Rachel Vice, and I can't remember anybody else. Like other people that you would know to see, but you can't really. Like Benny. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen Benny before, and the brother. I've seen him in other in other. Definitely movies. have. Yeah. But it's just like besides the Mummy Returns, um, <laughs> but and the Dragon Emperor. 
Yeah, but like, um, they're just they're fun movies, and they are. like, I do like Brendan Fraser. I was kind of a like, I grew up just after George of the Jungle. Like, I was it was for a generation just behind me. But my brother watched it, and so yeah. I I watched it with him, and like, so I still have kind of a soft spot for that movie, and like, I actually watched the cartoon, which was out when yeah. I was about seven. Well, the the original was out when our parents were growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a new like Nick. George of the Jungle. Oh, interesting. Which I, was... I remember the original that they, like, because, like, Rocky and Bullwinkle would be played in George yep. of the Jungle, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. like, all those retro cartoons were played at the same time. Yeah. I know so, exactly what you're talking about. There, But there was a newer, okay. I think it was Nickelodeon, okay. did a George of the Jungle, and oh, I watched that. Oh, okay. I missed younger. that. But regardless, we all kind of grew up with George of the Jungle, so yep. I like Brendan Fraser. And, like, again, there's something about a lot of these movies on my list that have, like, there's great one-liners. Yep. And there's a lot of like Brendan Fraser has great delivery yeah. in these movies. Yes, and they he does. were they were kind of perfect for him. So um, plus he's Canadian, so it's it's nice to have a little soft spot for a Canadian guy on there. Sure. There's a mummy. It comes back. Like Imhotep. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm not gonna like we are at twenty five minutes and <laughs> if you haven't seen the mummy, you should. But you should. it's about people who accidentally bring a mummy back to life. Yep. So what do you want from me? My number eight, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, sure. That's what we want from you? Yeah. Twister. Nice. You knew it I... was on here because of the amount of times every time we talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman, I bring up Dusty. I know. Because of Twister. Yeah. I love Twister. <laughs> How can you not? It's a great disaster film. It but is. But the script is terrible. It is. But, but a lot a... of disaster films are oh, yeah. are terrible. Yeah. Best script in a disaster film, probably Towering Inferno. Sure. I'm thinking, yeah, but, like, as far as 90s disaster films goes, like... Oh, Lord. So you um, had Twister, what would yeah. that be, like, 93? No, it was later no, than later that. No, that, because I would have been, been grade... Oh, I want to say grade 8. 96. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So 96, you had Twister, right around, like, you had... Dante's Peak is the same time. Dante's Volcanoes Peak, Volcano, Armageddon would have been, like, 97, 98, 98. Yep. yeah. Uh, so that would have meant that Deep Impact would have been 98. That's probably your best script out of the disaster films of the 90s. Yeah, so you've got, but, I mean... Second even, is Dante's Peak, I, I guess? Yes. <laughs> but, like, none of them are great, but they're all so fun. Oh, they're so Like, fun. you could just lump all these disaster movies in there. But Twister... Twister was kind of standalone because there was no other tornado movie. No. Nope. Dante's Peak has its volcano. Armageddon has its deep impact. And it's not the best special effects when you see it now, but they're still pretty good. Yeah, they The are. tornadoes looked great. Yeah. And it's a good cast. It when you look is at that a good cast, cast, it's ridiculous. I just saw it on TV the other day, and I didn't watch all of it, but I watched a good chunk of it. It's just like, damn. Yeah. This is a really good cast. I mean, I'm not a big Helen Hunt fan, and this is kind of in her... like This in, is her prime. This is her prime, but yeah. like... she's But she's great as Dr. Joe. Well, but her supporting cast, which you're about to read off, aren't you? I I, I did bring it up because Perfect. I wanted to talk... Because yeah. it has Bill Paxton and yeah. Carrie Ellis and oh, uh, yeah. Jamie Gertz. That's who plays Dr. Melissa Reeves. Who's Jamie Gertz? Uh, she's Bill Paxton's wife when they're trying to get Joe's... To divorce. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She's she was weather, in still standing. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman, obviously. obviously. Lois Smith playing her aunt. Right. Yeah. Aunt Meg. Yeah. All of those scenes with Aunt Meg, amazing. When they're telling the stories about old wild man Bill. <sighs> yeah. Alan Ruck is in it. Sean Whalen's in it. Scott Thompson's in it. Todd Fields in it. Scott Joey Slotnick's in it. Yeah. 
Jeremy Davies, Zach Renier, like it. It is such a fun movie. Yeah, like and it Twister. was kind of the beginning of disaster films, like that. The the reemergence, the renaissance, of, of, yeah, of disaster, disaster films because the seventies were packed with disaster sure. films. Poseidon Adventure, yep. t- uh, Towering Inferno, like you had those, but Earthquake, yeah, yeah, but you like it's kind of the cycle. So I'm kind of hoping we start to see some disaster movies again because San Andreas didn't do very well. Neither did 2012. Exactly. That's the problem, is the ones that we've gotten haven't been doing well enough to justify think, their cost. Sure. I think the problem is we're we're still on the superhero kick, yep. which means that people aren't... They're going to pay to see the superhero movie instead of San Andreas. Yep. So we just need to get out of the, the high of... The, anyway, whatever. That's yep. another conversation for another time. But Twister's Twister. a great, great call. Rabbit is good. Rabbit is wise. <laughs> I love to. I, I know a lot of lines from Twister. Yeah. Yeah. Well, understandably so. Uh, seven? Is that what Number seven. To? Bad Boys 1 and 2. <laughs> that was on my short list. Was it? It didn't make it. Well, that one I definitely remember was on my original list. Yeah. Uh, it's just... It's Bad Boys. It's Bad Boys. They're both so bad, but so good. I, I like Will Smith. I don't mind Martin Lawrence. I think the first one is better than the second. It is. The second was way too long. It was way too long and just, like, they invade Cuba and then they, like, get the Gabrielle Union back from Cuba and it's just like, this yeah, is so like, absurd, uh... which is why it's so good. Like, Bad Boys yes. 1 was good and it was about drug cops and it was about trying to find their... their like this, this stash that got stolen from the police station, yeah, and like it all kind of came together. It was very good. Some great shootouts, some great action scenes. Good. Movie. It was a very competent story. Yeah. yeah. The second one was just silly, uh, silly. Yeah. And that's why. So if I had to pick one, it would be it would be Bad Boys Two. Neither of them are the best, but no. but Bad Boys Two is a bigger guilty pleasure. But yes. I think putting them together is totally fair because yeah. you can't have two without one. You exactly. need that base of one. Yeah. And that's like just like Final Destination Five. That's you exactly need them. it. And so with one came this ridiculous sequel, much like Final Destination. They knew what worked in the first one. It's just like Will Smith and his one-liners and Martin Lawrence playing the straight guy. Yeah, is great. And Joe Pantoliano as their police chief is amazing. <laughs> and it's just, it's I forgot about that. Oh it's been a long God. time since I've watched the Bad Boys movies. Too. Oh, it's every one of these movies when it's on TV. I watch them, and that's that's the sign of a good movie. And yep. I love, like, I have, I got ba- the box set, I guess, of Bad Boys One and Two for Christmas. Nice, yeah, a number of years ago. And uh, like every now and then, I'll watch, I'll just pull them out. But like more often than not, one of them is on TV, and when it is, I'm like, Bad Boys time. I know what I'm doing with my afternoon. <laughs> so yeah, I just it's they're just so both so good. awesome. Yeah, my number seven is Independence Day. Okay. Is it higher on your list? No, it's not. Okay. It's just not on my list because I didn't even consider putting that. It's but a guilty it is definitely a guilty pleasure. I, I understand it. Because I, I it does for all for of sure. the same reasons you just talked about yep. Bad Boys. It's about Will Smith one liners. Yeah. It's a ridiculous premise where those weird old Mac computers are able to hack the space traveling aliens. <laughs> the gold bloom is amazing. He in is it is so good. And I had trouble with this one, and that's why I left it this far down because okay. I you know I love Independence Day I've yeah. talked about how much I enjoy Independence yeah. Day we always mention it around Independence Day on yep. the podcast but it's not it's not a good movie no. but it's so fun that it is a good movie exactly and that's the beauty about like 
My number one is dead. Well, all all my next ones are like that. Yeah. It's just you can't help but enjoy them. Yeah. And you know it's just schmaltz, and it's it just it's not. This is expensive slop. Yeah, exactly. And I'm fine with that. You're you know you're watching this movie. You know it's not going to be making winning an Oscar. No. Oh, except for special effects. Sure. At the time, I'm pretty sure it did actually. Oh, really? Well, regardless, even if it was ninety six, the explosions and stuff like yeah. that's. But even if it didn't even get an Oscar, an Oscar nod for anything, you're still just enjoying it. And sometimes that's all you want is yep. a movie that you can just sit down and go, yeah, entertain me for forty an hour and forty five minutes. Yep, please. And Independence Day does that. Yeah, really well. It really does. Plus, we love the Goldblum here at the guys from podcast. Oh, we so, love the Goldblum. So it's hard not to. Well, and he gets to say much must go faster again. Yep. Like, he gets to pull the Ian Malcolm line and say, must go faster. Which is so ridiculous, because it's like, is he kind of the same guy, but we're just playing off the idea that everyone loves him in Jurassic Park anyway, Yeah, so well, because he's Ian Malcolm, so he's a chaos theorist in... Yep. chaos mathematician in Jurassic Park. In Jurassic Park. In Independence Day, he's a... Cable guy. Cable guy, but, like, a really smart scientist who kind of got, like, yeah. kind of got blacklisted. Essentially. Essentially. Yep. And so he is absolutely the same character, which I just assume is Ed, or Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And he's amazing. And he's I got also so, a jazz pianist. Yeah. Which is why it's awesome. And I got so giddy when I saw him in person in New York. He was my celebrity setting. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I love me some Goldblum. So, and, uh, yeah, my yeah. number seven is Independence Day. I. For all of those reasons. I love it. Uh, my number six is Leprechaun. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember just absolutely loving it. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's just so bad. It's got a young Jennifer Aniston in it. Yep. Uh, Warwick Davis plays the... Leprechaun. The Leprechaun. And it is just atrocious. Oh, it's awful. And I mean, that one's bad, but then you get, like, Leprechaun in the hood and Leprechaun in space. Yeah. Like, they just... They took this... It's, but they knew it was terrible, and they're just like, whatever. Exactly. People are enjoying themselves. Let's make more. And I mean, in a in an era like early '90s, where yep. you're coming off Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Yep. And they kind of needed a new direction to go, and so I mean, you had Child's Play, and like so little creatures that are vicious. Yep. Leprechaun is the just so good, and I mean, my favorite. I to this day, I haven't seen it in years, but I remember watching it in my grade 11 with some buddies of mine and like kind of being scared because we allowed ourselves to be scared yeah sure like not because it's overly frightening but it's just like when you want to be scared you will let something scare you yeah and we did that with leprechaun but i remember sitting there and at one point the main character gets his leg caught in a bear trap and then in the next scene they they think they have the leprechaun trapped in the in the garage and he comes running past and he looks at the guy and he goes, how's your leg? And he kicks him in the leg right where he got the bear trap and then keeps running. And the guy goes down because he got kicked where I, right where he had a bear trap. me howl. Yep. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm in. You guys just know how fun this is. Yeah. I love it. So. Leprechaun. Leprechaun. I have no problem yeah. with that. It's a good choice for a guilty pleasure list. Well, and they just get guiltier and guiltier as we go here. <laughs> I'm looking at my top five going, good lord. Mine don't, but I, at the same time, the higher we go up, they're the ones I like more. Sure. So I'm willing to defend them better. Yeah. But they are definitely guilty pleasures. Like my number six, lesbian vampire killers. Yeah, of course. James Corden, man. Yeah. As Fletch. He's amazing in this film. This film is just so good. But so bad. Yeah. It is so bad. Yeah. 
And it's not even trying at certain points. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, great. This is what we are. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Or don't. We don't care. Yeah. This... <laughs> You're watching a movie called Lesbian Vampire Killers. Yep. What were you expecting? Like Exactly. Yeah. I got exactly what I was expecting. Totally. It's a comedy duo from Britain, one of whom was James Corden, and yeah. the other guy, I can never remember his name. I know. And every time we bring it up, we have that exact same conversation. Yep. Where it's like, oh, crap, what's his name? Paul McGann. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh... It has a 5.2 on IMDb from users. And you rated it as a... A 9. Yeah. Because I love lesbian vampire killers. And uh, I think those those low ratings is just people who it's expected Math- far too much from it. Matthew Horn is Jimmy. Okay. The guy that I just said is the priest. Oh, okay. Who's also important. Sure. But, yeah. But, like, oh, man. It's... it's Guys go to a small town called Cragwich uh, on vacation after... His friend, when Jimmy's girlfriend dumps him, she's a terrible person. So James Corden takes him hiking in Cragwich. They meet a bunch of Swedish exchange students in a van. And then they find out that the town is uh, ruled by a vampire. And a clan of lesbian vampires who they then have to kill. Yeah. Done. (laughs) That's the movie. Great soundtrack. And it's hilarious. Hilarity ensues. Exactly. That's... That's what you get when you watch Lesbian Vampire Killers. I hope you guys are learning something today, because these movies are awesome. (laughs) Yeah. They're terrible, but they are awesome. Yes. Yes, they are. So the second half of our list, yeah, it's looking like we'll have a slightly longer list today. It happens. It's brought to you by Raisins. Didn't see that coming, did you? Well, raisins are back, and they're better than ever, as they're now even more raisins. Enjoy raisins everywhere you eat food. The beach, at home, at work, in the passenger seat of a 1978 Camaro that has been lowered, but not so much that it's not street legal, but close, you know, I mean, it's a muscle car, sure. But there's just something to be said about when you can drop the suspension on a 1978 Camaro when it's really getting down across the... Wait a minute. Raisins! And we're back. My number five is Waterworld. <laughs> nice. Waterworld is, it got such a bad rap. Rap? Rap? Rap. rap. Yeah, yeah okay. you're right. Yeah. It, like, it was undeserved. Yeah. It's a fine film, but it cost way it too cost much. It cost so much money, and I think that's the problem is like, because anybody you talk to is like, oh, Waterworld, I like Waterworld. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's just, it costs so much GD money that. Yeah. Well, because like the they had to rebuild the sets three times. Once it sunk, once there was a hurricane. So they had to pay to make it three times. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that is ever making its money back. No. Which is kind of a bummer because like the concept is really cool. Yeah. Like it's ish. Ish. Once we get past the Kevin Costner having gills thing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And the, All right, the concept is intriguing. There I we mean, go. It's, it's a post-apocalyptic world, yep. but it's the opposite of Mad Max, where Mad yep. Max, it's all in the desert, whereas this is nothing but water. water. Yep. And they're in search. So, I mean, Mad Max, particularly the new one, they're looking for kind of a lush place where, you know, with, exactly. with water and everything like that. And here they have far too much, and they're looking for dry land. Yep. Um, literally. Li- literally. It's called dry land. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Which is, for some reason, tattooed on that person. The girl the who, the girl from Napoleon Dynamite. Right? <sighs> or Andre. She was also in Andre, that movie about the seal. 
So this is why I, I was like, the premise is okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. But it's a fun movie. But it's a fun movie. Dennis Hopper is the villain. Yeah. Is And you're right by calling it Mad Max. It's essentially Mad Max on water. Yeah. So, I mean, like, people like Mad Max. Yep. I don't... I mean, it's just crazy. Yep. So, like, I didn't see it until about four years ago was the first time I saw it. And I was like... I think that helps as well because you're removed from all of the Waterworld hype. Because exactly. that was a case of, like, this is the most expensive movie ever made. It's starring one of the biggest stars on the planet. Yeah. It's got, look at all these special effects. They've built yeah. things in the ocean to make it. And then we got that. Yeah. Whereas when you watch it on TV on a cold... Like Christmas or Christmas, like a cold winter afternoon. That's my new Christmas that tradition. That will be a great Christmas tradition. <laughs> what'd you do? A, what'd you do for today for Christmas? I watched Waterworld. Open presents. Uh, watched Waterworld. Had dinner. Yeah. Went to bed. Had some brandy. You know. Yeah. Watch Waterworld again. <laughs> Just marathon Christmas. of Waterworld. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's there's nothing special to it. But it's just... But no, it, you're right, though. It's perfect for just one of those lazy days or a yeah, hangover day where exactly. it's just like, oh, I don't really want yeah. to think about anything. I mean, the game looks great. I know it costs a lot of quarters, but <laughs> hey, got us nice. covered. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this better be worth it. <laughs> junk game over. <laughs> oh, man, 20 quarters. Ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. Doesn't he just walk on the, on the, the dock? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it stops. The only thing that's better is my dinner with Andre. Yeah, tell, tell me, me more. more. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's... It, I was glad that I didn't see it immediately. And I am I like Kevin Costner. I like Kevin Costner when he does sports movies. Mm-hmm. His other ones are okay. Yeah, they're fine. But this one, and like I said, this one's okay. This one's not... Like, if I was doing my top Kevin Costner movies, that would not be number one. No. But, like, I can think of three off the top of my head that are better. I haven't seen Full Term yet, so probably four. Probably four. Full Term is really hard to find. I yeah. wish it was on Netflix, because I want to watch it, but I can't. Because I can't find it anywhere for cheap and or free. If you're willing to pay for it, you could probably rent it on the iTunes store. That's kind of what I figured, so I might look into that. Yeah. Just to be able to have said I've seen it. Yep. And then it'll be on, like, three days later. I'll text you and be like, hey, Bull Durham's on. Oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'd probably PVR it, so then I'd have it. Because yeah. I my cousin gave me crap because I did my top five baseball movies. Right. And Bull Durham wasn't on there. And he's like, you can't do a top five baseball movies without Bull Durham. I'm like, well, I can because I already did. But I feel like that will change once I've seen Bull Durham. Or maybe it won't. Or maybe, maybe it you won't. won't love it. Yeah. It's good. It's just maybe you preferred The Sandlot. I have no idea. I do like The Sandlot. Because I saw that I was like, no, that's not a guilty pleasure. <laughs> that's a kid's movie. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like, as an I mean, as an adult, I still like it. But I like it because I remember watching it as a kid. So I don't feel me, like Robin Hood. I don't feel guilty about liking any kid's movie still. Because no. I was a kid when I liked it. Exactly. So whatever. Yeah. So Sandlot doesn't count. Nope. Although I, we did talk about Space Jam. We did, but... It was an honorable mention. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, that's my number five. My number five is The Brothers Solomon. Nice. That's... Probably knew this one was coming too. I There's a lot on here that I could have guessed had I had time to think about it. Yep. Um, that's a... I'm not at all surprised that it's on there. And it's a really good call. Uh, Will Forte, Will Arnett, Chai McBride, Kristen Wiig, Lee Majors... 
That's yeah. your main cast. Yeah. Bill Hader's in it as a guy in one of those recum. What's the what are the bikes called that you like sit back in and you hang? I can't remember. Recumbent? Sure. We'll go with that. Something like that. I'll say you're right there. It's about two brothers, played by Will Arnett and Will Forte, who are trying to make their father proud by having a grandchild. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out how they can do that. And they're kind of like they are the nerdiest, dopiest. Yeah. They grew up on an Arctic research station, so they have no real social skills. And they are incredibly nice people who have really no way to talk to women. Yeah. And it's way better than even I'm making it sound, because it's a lot of ridiculous in-jokes well, for the movie Well, and Almost itself. Fire, right? Like, that's the, they keep using... There are two songs in the film, yeah. maybe three. There's a song by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Over okay. the opening credits. Okay. And then they use St. Elmo's Fire in like eight different versions at eight different tempos for the rest of the music in the film. The sad song, St. Elmo's Fire. The uplifting song, St. Elmo's Fire. It's so fun. It's just so ridiculous. Yep. Uh... This I watched it because of you because yes, I you saw did. the preview and I was just like that looks awful and I thought the exact same thing but I was working and it came up on Movie Central and I was just like I'm keeping movies on while sure. I'm doing my work yeah. fine and by about half an hour in I had stopped working and I was just watching <laughs> the Brother Solomon because it was so fun yeah it's just, and that's exactly it it's fun it's not anything special it's just no. kind of ridiculous and yeah. Will Fort I love both those guys yep like. <laughs> They're so good in it. Yeah, they really are. I didn't know until, like, last year that Will Arnett was Canadian. Yep. Yes. And I didn't realize that until I saw a tweet from him because he had talked, he tweeted at one of the Maple Leafs who was like, oh, I need a new roommate. And Will Arnett's like, you can stay with me. I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. Why is he tweeting? Oh, because he's Canadian. He's from Toronto. So yep. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, number five, Brother Solomon. Yeah, there you go. My number five, uh, four is Blade. Okay. It's... It's fine. It's fine. I mean, I haven't seen the other two, so I feel like those ones might be more... They're worse. Yeah. Yeah. But they're also worse, so I, from what I understand, like they wouldn't be guilty pleasures because they're not as good. Whereas this yeah. one, like, Wesley Snipes plays a, a vampire who can walk during the day. Yeah. Uh, so he's, like, half vampire. Well, it's a graphic novel, so yeah. Oh, is it? I, I totally forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was one of the first relatively successful comic book movies. Yeah, it was. It was quite good. Like yeah. I love the blood rave, the opening. Oh my god, it's so good! It's a and brilliant scene. Yeah, and sets your expectations way too high for the rest of the movie. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, oh man, that was amazing. Oh, we're now in a warehouse for twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah, and that's the problem. Is just like if it was that all the time, that'd be badass. But it's like it's only okay. Yeah. Um, fine. but I love Stephen Dorff as the the bad guy, mm-hmm. as the villain Frost, Deacon Frost. Yep. Um, and I, I know. <laughs> I'm impressed. And Chris Christopherson as his, I can't remember his older friend's name. Oh yeah. The guy who kind of helps him with the serum and everything like that. Yep. Uh, but Chris Christopherson just kind of this old curmudgeon, and yep. I mean, he was one of like Johnny Cash's outlaws. Like he's a he's got history and it's just yeah. Chris Christopherson's a cool dude so uh, yeah like it's it's kind of cheesy it is but but it's fun it's fun exactly it's a good film and I mean you get to see a lot of Wesley Snipes martial arts which is cool yeah Um, and I mean he kind of has a style into himself and it's just like okay well 
And when you like when you find Blade stuff, like Blade comics, mm-hmm. it's great casting. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. He looks like Blade. Really? Yes. Cool. So it like it was it was really well done. Yeah. I just wish that the plots were better or like sure. the dialogue. I think the dialogue was more what let Blade yeah. wander into guilty pleasure territory yeah. as opposed to just being like, oh man, oh, really this cool, cool movie from the movie. 90s. Yeah. 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 And that's why, like I saw it as like, it's not good enough to be on another list. It has to be a guilty pleasure. Yeah. But I'm okay with it being on my guilty pleasure list. And that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. My number four is Smokey and the Bandit. Ooh, I've done pretty good about seeing movies on your list. You haven't seen Smokey and the Bandit? No. Oh, man. I know. I know the concept, though. I would hope so. What is it? Burt Reynolds plays... Well, basically, there. it's like... Like an... <laughs> I'd say uh, I know... Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I do... Okay, so it's basically Burt Reynolds plays the bandit, and he's right? just running from the cops, essentially. Is that not right? No. Okay. Then maybe I don't know the concept. He's hired to run a tractor trailer full of beer over county lines into a dry county for a party while being pursued by a sheriff. Oh. Yes. Okay. Interesting. So Burt Reynolds does play the bandit. Yeah. But Jerry Reed. Uh, you'll recognize Jerry Reed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Reed plays Cletus and he's driving the truck. So what the the concept is is he's uh, Bandit's got his Trans Am and he's okay. he's blazing around to keep the cops off of the back of the truck. Okay, okay. So because I thought that he was dri- I didn't think he was driving the the semi the the tractor trailer. You're, you're right that he okay. was running from the cops in his car. Okay, but that's it's to the be plot. A, it's to be a, a decoy for so that they don't pull over the tractor trailer. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so along the way, they find Sally Field. Yeah. Who is in a wedding dress. She was going to get married to the sheriff's idiot son. Okay. So that ties all of that in together. Right. Okay. And so she's with Burt Reynolds in the car. And then, so you get a little bit of like CB culture. You get a little bit of road culture. Right. And it's just one of those kind of middle finger to the man sort of movies that the late 70s did. Now, it has a, a, a fairly popular cult following. Yep. Why would you consider it a, a guilty pleasure? It is not a good movie. Okay. <laughs> it has a cult. It has a cult following for the same reason anything else we have mentioned has okay. a cult following. It is ridiculously fun. Okay. But it is an hour and a half of driving, with Burt Reynolds saying one-liners, Sally Field talking like, just like chatterbox talking. Right. And then like random car crashes. <laughs> okay. It's it's not a good film it's a right. very bare bones plot but it's fun it's quippy it's got a it's an weird excuse country to drive around a, a, a trans am for an hour and a half yeah and just make it do cool things yes exactly gotcha. okay so okay. that's why i consider it a guilty like you wouldn't be able to walk into a film critic circle and be like smoky and the bandit's a great movie sure <laughs> but for uh, what it is yeah. it is great the maltese falcon and citizen kane and smoky and the bandit Northwest, yeah. smoky yeah. and the bandit yeah, you know, Clute. All of those together. Yeah, and Bullet. <laughs> so much eating a sandwich. <laughs> Can't even see him for the climax. He's wearing black and it's there's no light. Oh, God. Uh, okay, well, that makes sense. Um, it's another one of those ones where it's just like, I, I've heard about it and I've 
yeah. heard enough of the premise that I knew that it like he was yeah. having a chance oh, yeah, to yeah. have it just like and there's the reference to it in Mallrats about uh, how many times do you get to see Smokey make out with the bandit didn't it look just like <laughs> Burt Reynolds except for the mustache <laughs> I was thinking about some of those Kevin Smith movies on here, but they're good enough. I mean, except for maybe Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That would be a guilty pleasure. The rest are, are good enough. That it's you just could like, consider Mallrats a guilty pleasure because that got slammed. It got panned, and I love Mallrats. It was it the first be. Kevin Smith movie I ever saw. It was just so bad, but so good. But the, And that's kind of the same deal with a lot of his films, Two Smoking the Bandit, and what we're talking about. It's just, it's not, when you look at it, it's not by film perspective, you wouldn't be able to compare it to Maltese Falcon or sure. North by Northwest or The Godfather. But yeah. it is, for what it is, Burt Reynolds driving a car real fast around some country roads. Yeah. It's fun. I do love me some Burt Reynolds, too. Yeah. And yeah. it's classic, classic Burt Reynolds. Like, perfect mustache, yeah. wearing the cowboy hat. This is when Norm MacDonald played yeah. Burt Reynolds. He's playing the bandit Burt Reynolds. Right. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I feel like when that one's on, because inevitably it will be at oh, some Oh, four point. or five times a year. Yeah. yeah. I, I probably have not sent it to you having assumed that you have seen it. That would be a fairly safe assumption. It's just, like, I've, without a blockbuster video, like, when I was growing up, I would watch a lot of those old movies because you could get five movies for five days for five bucks. Yep. And so I'd be able to go pick out five old releases and watch them yeah. at my leisure. Whereas now it's like, unless it's on TV... I don't have that opportunity. Right. Which is kind of a pain in the butt. It kind of is. I never thought I'd miss Blockbuster. <laughs> I know, right? Huh. But then they started charging too much. Yeah. For, you could just buy the movies for the same price. Well, it's like, exactly. well, why am I doing this? Yeah. And then streaming took over and yep. here we are. And now we have no Blockbuster at all. Woo! Uh, my number three... Oh, God. These last three are just all so guilty. Uh, I'm going to go with Serendipity. Okay. It yeah. has to be. I know you like this movie a lot, so I kind of figured it would be don't, on here. Yeah. But there's just something about it, like, uh, it's a rom-com. Every, with the possible exception of you, uh huh. every guy that I've ever talked to, if they're going to say that they like one rom-com, it's Serendipity. Okay. It's just, maybe because it's not your typical one, or maybe because you get it kind of from both perspectives instead of just the female perspective. I don't know. But, like, my brother loves this movie. Ian loves this movie. Derek loves this movie. To the point that anytime it's on, one of us will text the other one and be like, ooh, serendipity. Fair enough. Like, it's just, it's... I have never dated someone who's like rom-coms. Ah. Ever. So I have never had to... Uh, if we're watching a romantic movie, it's usually because I'm like, I want to watch this melodrama from the 50s, which is also a romance. Sure. So that's usually what it is. Yeah, which is fair. Um, so I'm not into... Like, I have never been forced to sit through, like, Sweet Novembers or, like, Notting Hills or any of those Notting sort Hills of things. Bad. Anyway. Sure, but... I saw Serendipity on my way home from Mexico in 2002... All right. When you didn't have the option, like it wasn't like sitting in on a WestJet flight where you can change channels and there's 20 different options. It was like... And often ha- Turner Classic Movies, which means I'm just doing what I'm doing at home on a plane, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But you have... We have an in-flight movie. It is this movie. Yeah. And it was Serendipity. And so I was like, okay. So I, it, I watched it for the first time on my way home from Mexico. So I was traveling. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And I was just like... Oh, this movie isn't bad. John Cusack, Jeremy Piven's in it. Sure. Bridget Monaghan is his 
is John Cusack's fiance. I love Kate Beckinsale. Like, yeah, there's a lot of reasons. It's a good cast. It's a good cast. Yeah. The premise, as far as like rom coms, is kind of an intriguing premise, I guess. And like, sure, it's it's all about fate and serendipity and like it's I <gasps> I know. <laughs> so. But it's, I know exactly what that feeling you're talking about, though, because I saw Dear John, which was recent, that, like, Channing Tatum Oh, one. yeah, okay. That was on the bus when I was going home. I was just like, I don't really want to drive. There's mm-hmm. no point. I'll just take the bus home. It's the same price, basically, and I get yeah. to watch a movie. Yeah. And it was Dear John. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay, this is fine. I saw the first Harry Potter movie on the bus once. Oh, nice. And I was like... That actually kind of made me hear because I saw the first movie before I read any of the books. I was on my right. way home for Christmas, and it was my first year, I think. And and I was like, you know what? That's not a bad little movie. So it was kind of my first introduction to Harry Potter. And then uh, I had my wisdom teeth taken out that the following summer. Right. And uh, a girl that I'd been that I met at school, she we were chatting on MSN. Hey. Ooh. So that was way back then. And she's like, you should read the Harry Potter movies. And since I was getting my wisdom teeth out and had nothing else to do, I read, like, the first five, because I think that's how many were out at the time. I was like, damn, right. okay, yeah. So, but sometimes those bus or plane movies are... Yeah, mean something. Yeah. Yeah. Like serendipity. So, like, it's... I under, I understand that it's a lousy, cheesy movie. Oh, yeah. But it has to be on here, because yep. every time... You love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, when you have when we were in grad school, and I'm, I know you know this story, but I'll tell it for the listeners. When I was, so I was living with Ian and Derek. We were Derek and his brother lived in the the suite downstairs, and he and I lived in the suite upstairs. But we had the full oh, house. I remember that place. Yeah, yeah, great little place. And we had a key for the downstairs, and they had a key for the upstairs. And so we could just kind of like we had free reign of the whole house, despite the fact that it was kind of two different suites. Right. And so, Ian got home from from school first. And he was he was flipping through the TV and Serendipity was on. He goes he goes oh Serendipity. So he sits down. And he starts watching it. So I get home and at that point I was driving my really loud truck and so he oh. could hear me come <laughs> home. And so he hears Maverick coming down the road and I I park and I come walking up the stairs and and I walk in the living room and he's kind of sitting there and he kind of has this look on his face and I'm like what are you and kind of that guilty look and I was like what are you. Ooh, serendipity. So I sit down in my chair and I start watching it. So the two of us, these two grown men in grad school, are watching serendipity. And so we're sitting there and we hear Derek get home and he goes, we can hear him go down to his house, to his part and the, the door closes and he drops his stuff off and does whatever. And then we hear the door close and he comes up the stairs and we hear him come in and he walks in. We're both kind of, hey, D. And he goes, hey, guys. And he goes, ooh, serendipity. So Derek comes and sits there. So three grown men, all in grad school, all go, ooh, serendipity and sit there and watch it. So that's, Again, yeah. it's like that's why we will text. If I see it, I'll text Ian and be like, "Ooh, serendipity!" Just because of something that happened eight years ago. Exactly. So and it's good to have things like that. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it, nostalgic more than anything. Cool. Plus, it's kind of fun. Fair enough. Yeah. My number three is the wrong guy. Nice. Oh, what a good movie. <laughs> but it's not. But it's not. But it's so funny. <laughs> it's so bad. But it's so funny. <laughs> Essentially, the wrong guy, because I know most people have not even heard of it. Yeah. Thank you, Derek, from the previous story for yeah. introducing all of us to the wrong guy. 
essentially a guy named Nelson who's played by Dave Foley. Yeah. Immediately you have our attention because yeah. Dave Foley. Yeah. So and I, this was right around Kids of the Hall. Like this is this is after ninety seven. But like, sorry, right at, right around when Kids of the Hall ended. Yeah, like news radios. Yeah. Going, like it's that kind of era. Yeah. Uh, he finds his boss has been murdered. And then he, through a series of being incredibly stupid, mostly by grabbing the knife in his boss's back and getting himself covered in blood, then thinks that he will be chased and blamed for killing his boss, despite the fact that there are cameras in there. So the FBI know he's not the killer. They just think he's a big idiot for everything that he's done. Yes. So he goes on the run in the most yuppie, terribly stupid way possible ending up on a farm run by joe flaherty yeah where his daughter jennifer tilly I was, is i thought it was jennifer tilly uh and nelson obviously falls in love with yeah. jennifer tilly joe flaherty runs the bank doesn't he he does yeah but the bank is being pushed out by that darn farmer right yeah because small towns have trouble when those big farmers come in and try and level all your <laughs> big city buildings to put in a nice crop of corn <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's isn't Colm Fiore, isn't he the He is the bad he's guy. He's the, the bad guy, he's right? The killer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just so funny. And then like one Dave Foley and, and Colm Fiore end up meeting at one point. Yep. And doesn't he knock out Dave Foley or something? Yeah, and, and then he's carrying him under his arm. Yeah. But Dave Foley wakes up but doesn't say anything. Yeah. So it's Colm Fiore's just carrying Dave Foley <laughs> like a cat. You're awake. Yeah. I'm carrying you. I thought you wanted to. <laughs> drops them. He eats piles of tainted ham. When he jumps on a train and the train's carrying nothing but tainted ham. Yeah. It's just, it's... It's it's your typical, like... It's a spin on on a guy who's running away for being framed for murder. It's a spin on the fugitive. Exactly. I was just going to say, a spin on the fugitive. Only they know that he's not... Yeah. <laughs> and you know that and we as the audience know that right away and that's yeah. key because you see the FBI agent watching Comfiori do it and he's really impressed the, the FBI agent is hilarious as well because he's kind of trying but he's mostly using this case to get as much money as oh, possible to yeah. do fun things so he like goes oh, to we better mo- we better we better charter a helicopter for this <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we'll we'll find it uh is that Moby Dick musical still playing on Broadway yeah Okay, could you get us uh, four tickets for that and then maybe a couple escorts? See if they have any blonde Asian girls. Yeah, I'd, li- I'd really like to... I think that would really help us track him down. If in- Just in case he's still in New York, this is the biggest thing. I can't remember. Like, yeah, and I, he hasn't da- done David Anthony lot. Higgins is the actor's name. Yeah. Um, he was in, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he played... Um, the only other place that I ever saw him, he was in Malcolm in the Middle. He played the... The mom's co-worker at the pharmacy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some other people might recognize him. He did three episodes of American Horror Story. And if anyone's a fan of Mike and Molly as well, he was Harry on Mike and Molly. So he's been doing TV stuff, mostly. But he hasn't done a lot. Like, he's... Again, it's mostly TV stuff now. Yeah. Because he's doing recurring stuff, and that pays well, and it's good time. Sure. So... Anyway, yeah, it's, it's such a... It's so weird. Ridiculous movie. And that's... And that's all Derek. And... I would never have probably even heard of this movie if it wasn't for him. Oh, man. I definitely have it somewhere on DVD. I may need to track that down and rewatch it because it is absurd. Yep. It is so funny. It is so funny. 
Can we get a mobile command unit? <laughs> yeah, like one of those one of those motor homes that filled with. Uh, yeah, we're gonna need some stuff to be able to listen and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, wasn't at one point I think Colm Fiore is in the same like the bad guy is in the same hotel as Dave Foley or like hospital. There's something else happening in the oh, because there's some point in the hotel where okay. they have the hotel surround and Dave Foley thinks that he's oh that that, so that he, motel yeah, 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 yeah and so he like jumps out the window and tries to escape and <laughs> Dave Foley does but then Confiore does like that crazy backflip while yeah. shooting everything yeah. the FBI agent at the end just like did you guys see that that was stupidly cool <laughs> it's like oh yeah I forgot about the motel yeah. so. We're kind of giving some stuff away, but it's worth watching, and there's so many more funny oh, parts that we're not tons. even mentioning. So it's like it is such an unknown movie. Yeah, but so comedy worth fans watching. must see it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number two is Deep Blue Sea. Deepest bluest. Nice. Yeah, I mean anything where you get to see. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson start to give a rousing speech and like we're gonna get out of here we're gonna be fine <laughs> and then like the most unexpected thing where the shark comes up from the water and tears him like pulls Played him down on expectations exactly used what's been used in every film before it and twisted it yeah yep the black guy survives the other black guy survives played by yeah. LL Cool J which who's the is, chef who is the chef the, the chef who has found religion yep um like, it's one of those, because, I mean, it, and it's been pointed out so many times in spoof, in movies where they spoof horror movies, the black guy always dies first. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't in this one. He's one of the two people who survive. Yep. And it's just, it's, I mean, it's a it's an underwater lab in the middle of the ocean where right. they're doing research on sharks and basically, like, making... Alzheimer's research. They're trying it, to cure Alzheimer's okay. by, by using shark... Like by using a vaccine on shark cartilage for shark brains, right? And in the process, have evolved the sharks, right? See, I forget that part because whenever that movie's on, I usually come in right around the time that Sam Jackson dies. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. I very seldom you're see not the seeing beginning. the research section of the film where no. it's like taking the tour through the station. It's actually they built a cool set for that. Yeah, it's a neat idea. Yeah, and like I have seen a beginning to end, but most of the time it's like. I'll flip through, and all of a sudden Samuel Jackson's like, we're gonna get through this! And then, rawr, the shark comes up, and I'm just like, yep, this is perfect timing. Yep. Because then you just see these, like, all the absurd deaths and all the absurd, like, the, the ways that they have to make find their way through this labyrinth Yep. while not getting attacked by giant man-eating mako sharks. Yep. It's so cheesy, it and really the special is. effects are terrible. Even then, they weren't great. No! But Even then they weren't great, but no. they're bad. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like, so we talked about disaster movies earlier. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like, this is right around the time you had Lake Placid, and oh, like, yeah, these were kind of like the, the gigantic creature movies. I yeah, believe? Yeah, so kind yeah. of the tail end of disaster movies pre, you know, so you get, yeah, like, creature movies. Yeah. And these, this, oh god, they were so bad. Yeah, they were. But, and like, not a lot of people who have done much. Like, L. Cool J, obviously we all know who he is. And, like... And, yeah, he's fine. And Sam Jackson. But beyond that, like... Thomas I Jane. Yeah. Thomas Jane's done a he's fair amount. He's the other guy who survived, right? Yeah, he's the one that shot the harpoon. No, because yeah. he was the one that was... So there was... At the end, there was the... There was L. Cool J, the girl, and then... 
I think it was Thomas Jane. I think Jane. Thomas Jane yeah. survives, too. Yeah, because he's the one who gets shot in the leg when LL Cool J shoots the harpoon. Right. That's, loaded with the, yeah. the TNT so that they can blow up the shark. Right. Which is just an amazing, amazing way to end that movie. You might not remember this, but Stellan Skarsgård's in it. He dies very early, pre-Sam Jackson, so you probably don't see him very uh, often. Yeah, I totally forgot that he was in that. And Michael Rapaport's in it, too. I did know that Michael Rapaport was in that. I love Michael Rapaport. I can't remember how he dies, but it doesn't matter because that movie will be on in two weeks again, and oh, then yeah. I'll watch it, and of then I'll watch I'll. Michael Rappaport die again. There you go. Yeah, so it's just, it's ludicrously cheesy, terrible special effects. Oh, yeah. But but it's such a good movie. It's so fun. Yeah. Nobody ever, everybody talks about it and be like, oh, God, that movie's so bad, but it's so good. Yeah. So it's worth. It's so bad, but I watch it every time Exactly. I see it. Yep. yep. So that's my that's my number two. Cool. My number two is Starship Troopers. I knew that was going to be on there. I was yep. not surprised at all. Nope. I'm actually a little surprised it wasn't my number one. But yeah, then I'm I was curious like, to know Ooh. what your number one is. I, yeah. I'm sure I'll once you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. But humans in a fascist society in the future fight giant alien bugs for survival. Yeah. For two hours. It's Nazis in space, essentially. It's ridiculous. It is terribly acted. But that's kind of the point, is because they're all genetically engineered to look perfect and exist. Is Freddie Prince Jr. in that movie? No. Oh, I'm thinking of some... Casper Van Dien is the lead. He's Johnny Rico. Right. uh, Denise Richards. Right. Jake Busey. Oh, yeah. Clancy Brown. I don't know if I know him. uh, Carnival. Oh, yeah, okay. And obviously... NPH. Exactly. Yeah. He plays the the ESP colonel who <laughs> is in the Secret Service afterwards. Basically, he's in the SS. Right. And he's dressed like he's in the SS. Yeah. Paul Verhoeven didn't hide the whole fascist kind of side <laughs> of this. It's, But it's ridiculous. It's gory. It's a fun science fiction film. It's just fun. I love Starship Troopers. Yeah, there you go. I always have, and I always probably will. I don't know why I thought that Freddie Prince Jr. was in that. Uh, what else did he do? Kind of right around there. And I could be just completely out of my mind. Scooby-Doo? Um, <laughs> she's all that? I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer. No, I don't know why I thought that he was in that. No. I have no idea. Wing Commander? Maybe. Wing Commander is a sci-fi film. Maybe that was out. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. Anyway. Blair is a fighter pilot. He joins an interstellar war to fight the Kilrathi, who are trying to destroy the universe. And they're dressed fairly similarly to when you see the, like, Johnny Rico and the oh, and Rico's Roughnecks. Be. That yeah. could be why. So my guess is you're thinking about Wing Commander, which was a couple years later and nowhere near as good as Starship Troopers. Clearly. Uh, my number one, it has to be on here because it is so poorly acted by Nicolas Cage, is Con Air. <laughs> Stick- Put the bunny back in oh, the box. Oh, God, he's awful in that movie. He so is. He is so bad, but everybody else, like, you've got Ving Rhames, John Malkovich. John Malkovich is so good in that he's movie. He's so good in that movie. Steve Buscemi is phenomenal creepy. in that Super movie. Super creepy. Uh, uh, Johnny Trejo, is that his name? Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo is in that movie, and he is like, uh, oh, he plays Johnny 23. That's, I got yeah. his character and yeah, his, yeah. his actor. He's 
so creepy in that movie. Yes. Everybody else in that movie is so good. John Cusack. John Cusack. Comini. Yep. Like it who's is very nice. Who's very well? I I didn't get a chance to meet him, but I saw him last year, like right around this time when they were just wrapping up uh, the final Hell on Wheels. He was yep. outside the Palliser, and I saw him. I was like, oh my god! But then there was this couple who went and talked to him instead. And I was like, damn it! I don't want to just wait in line to talk to him. Yeah. But had I just and I would have just been like, hey man, big fan, loved you in Star Trek. And then kept going, even though I haven't seen Star Trek. But, like, loved you and whatever. Like, I, I just... Loved you in Con Air. Yeah, totally. Loved <laughs> you in Con Air. But I was just like, I'm not gonna... To, I'm not gonna wait just to talk to him. If it That's was somebody fair. I really, really liked, I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll hang out. But whatever. Yeah. If um, it was Jeff Goldblum at the Palliser, and it was, totally. like, two people talking to Jeff Goldblum, oh and you're my like, God. I'm going to go talk to the Goldblum, because I have to go talk. 100%. And then I'm going to text Sean to let him know that I'm talking to the Goldblum right now. Oh. I would have sent you the picture of me giving, taking a selfie with the Goldblum. Like, that would have happened. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But it was cool. Me and he was like, cool. Yeah. It's just neat to have seen him. Off I go. Yeah. Uh, the, the cast is phenomenal. Yeah. And, and uh, Cage is just so bad. Like, he, he plays Cameron Poe, this southern dude who... Ranger? Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a ranger. army yeah. ranger. Uh, who gets, like, he he's defending his his fiancé, wife, played by Molly Parker, I think? I think you're right. Um, Outside a bar, and he basically kills a guy by punching him in the nose and, like, drilling his nose up into his brain. Because he's an army ranger. Because he's, he's an army ranger. He's actually trained to yeah. beat up people, yeah. And so, like, he's just a good guy, wrong place, wrong time, and, like... And so then he, he spends a couple of years in jail, and then he's getting a ride home so that he can go see his wife and his daughter. He's, he's paroled, and he's going home to see them. Daughter he's never met. A daughter he's never met because his, his wife was pregnant with the daughter when yeah. he went to jail. You're also forgetting that Dave Chappelle is in it as Pinball. Oh, yeah, as Pinball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he uh, so he's on his way, and he ends up getting on this plane with like the scum of the earth yeah and they take it over and so he tries to help monica break... potter monica potter yeah what did i say molly parker molly parker right you were close yeah right initials yeah. um molly parker is canadian i think so yeah she was in like men with brooms and yeah yeah uh anyway it's it's just so it's such a cool concept and the rest of the performances are pretty good yeah it's fine and he's just so bad and this was like this was face off the rock con air though like these came out within about five years of each other kind of when nicholas cage was really at his peak as a like a an action star don't forget gone in 60 seconds remake too that was 99 right. that rock would have been after just these after. three because these yeah. i think it went face off con air the rock i think if i had to guess i think you're right i think it was face off i want to say face off 96 Con Air 97, The Rock 98. I think that's... Face Off 97. Okay. So I was off by a Con year. Con Air 97. Oh, they came out in the same year. And then The Rock had to be 98. 96. Really? Yeah. Oh, Rock was The Rock first. was after. Okay. So you got The Rock. and But I mean, that one's not a guilty pleasure. I love no, The Rock. that's a good film. It's a good film. Yeah. Face Off... It was between Face Off and Con Air. But I prefer I'm Con actually Air. a little surprised Face Off didn't make your list at all. To be honest. Yeah, it probably should have been, like, honorable mention. But it was like, if I was going to pick a, a Nicolas Cage movie, this one, because I like this one better than I like oh, Face Off. that's fair, yeah. So, but it, it could be higher up. Anyway. Yeah. Con Air, 
<laughs> Define irony. <laughs> a bunch of idiots dancing on a plane to a song made famous by a band who died in a plane crash. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Steve Buscemi, so good in that movie. so good. And I think that was the first time I'd ever seen, like, really paid attention to Steve Buscemi was in that yep. movie. And, like, when they take that, because he's playing, he plays the cannibal. Yeah. Garland Green. And he's just, like, he's this guy who kind of escapes and you don't see him because he's got the mask and he's kind of all contained. They've kind of lectured him out a totally. little bit. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you just see him sitting there and he's just so normal looking. Yeah. And then at the end when he's like when he's playing in the in that like that dry, that empty pool with that girl. Yep. And he's just like, Oh God after all the stories he's told, it's just like, Oh God. Oh God And then it, the plane flies over and she's waving <laughs> goodbye. It's like oh, no, he's, interesting. he's actually just kind of a nice guy yeah. who likes to eat people. Totally. Just like Hannibal Lecter. He didn't eat everybody. Yeah, he just not like that monster that yeah. ate everybody. Who did it eat? Everybody. Did it eat Alice? It ate everybody. <laughs> so that's my that's my number one. Uh, Fair. It it's so good. It's like I own that one and The Rock on DVD. I don't own Face Off. I own Con Air, and every now and then, just like time it's for Con, a Air. Con Air Day. Yeah, it's also on Netflix. I think. I think it is. Yeah. yeah, I may need to watch it again. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth a rewatch for sure. My number one, yeah. did you want to venture a guess? I know you were probably thinking Starship Troopers, because I talk about yeah, Starship a Yeah, I can't, like, your list, we talk about so many movies, and I just, I'm sure if I had time, I just don't think I can summon it just off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, my number one is from 2008. It is called Outlander. Oh, damn it! It's Jim Caviezel. Playing a spaceman who crashes in Viking times, and they essentially do Beowulf, but with an alien monster called the Morwen. And it's just Jim Caviezel wandering around, stone-faced, kind of looking like he hates himself for being in this, but at the same time, he looks like he's really enjoying himself behind dead eyes. This is 2008, so this is yeah. well after The Count of Monte Cristo, and also after The Passion of the Christ, right? I think this would yeah because the passion was yeah, passion was early like 2000 year yeah 2005 ish yeah yeah and count to monte cristo was before that yeah. so yeah it was before i was in university right that was oh three i believe right so yeah this was after <laughs> uh and it's got jim caviezel sophia miles jack houston nice yeah he plays a uh one of the vikings I was as does john hurt as does ron perlman Good lord! <laughs> Nobody talked about it. It just, it kind of came and went. But yeah. It's, it's Space Beowulf. I watched it on a lark. I then went out and bought it and watched it again. And I have shown it, I think, to eight or nine other people. Nice. Not many of them like it as much as I do, <laughs> but I really like it. Well, and did you oversell it to these people? I might have, but at the same time... I don't know how to undersell It's Space Beowulf with Jim Caviezel. Sure. It's a spaceman in Viking times. That's what it is. That's fair. You know what's crazy? When I was down to my number three, I looked and I felt like we had only recorded 10 minutes of the second half, and now we're at 40. I don't know where that last half hour went. <laughs> We've been talking about movies that we really enjoy, but are guilty pleasures. And I've seen most of yours, so Which we can actually... we have a conversation. Exactly. Yeah, you really do need to see Outlander at some point. If you want to borrow it, you may. I see you once a week, so that will happen. It at might some also point. be on Netflix. It used to be. That's oh. how my parents saw it. Good to know, because 
they needed to see it as well. Sure. Did they like it? They did. Okay. They really did. They also really liked Jim Caviezel because they liked Person of Interest, the, his oh, CBS series. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And it was after Person of Interest started in, like, 2011 or whatever, and I'm like, oh, you like Jim Caviezel? This is a weird movie, but right. maybe you'll like this. And nice. they did. Cool. So. We, uh, we have to stop now. We do. So uh, you, Mr. and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat, which we kind of did both today. Mm-hmm. Want to talk to us on Twitter? Dave can be found. I am at Sean Cord. That's <laughs> Dave can be found <laughs> at David Ron. That's Ron with two N's. I am at Sean Cord, and we are at Guys From Podcast. Email us at guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Facebook us at The Guys From, invent a spaceship, fly back to Viking times, and then start making vases and really cool paintings, or maybe a tapestry, to tell us what you want us to talk about. Perfect. If you enjoy The Guys From Podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell strangers on the train. Only you can help our podcast grow. Also, throw us a rating or review on iTunes. Anything that you guys do to help us get our podcast out there helps. So whatever you can do, we will be eternally grateful for it. We are available on pretty much anywhere where you can find podcasts, including Player FM, Podbean, and Stitcher, the innovative on-demand podcast app. Hey, Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug? I know I'm way late to the party here, but I just started watching Friday Night Lights. Hey. Uh, The series? The series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A few different people at work have started... told me about it and they're the improvised soap opera company oh yeah their season this year is a spoof on friday night lights oh nice and so i kind of wanted to know what the what show was about and, and so then, i'm like yeah. halfway through the first season and loving it yeah uh i was hooked before the opening credits nice uh of the first episode i could so, see that yeah it's i mean it's football it's melodrama like it's 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 real good and i'm a big honey Britton fan so Cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody else is as late to the game as I am, start watching that. Sean? On our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this epically long podcast about movies, we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every Tuesday, throwback tracks every Thursday. Dave has been covering his thoughts on what the Patriots are doing this season every Monday and Monday Morning Dave, and other things as well. Wait, where can I find that again? Theguysfrom.com. Oh, Okay. I like cool. how you have to ask that, but I just talk to people about the article you write on yeah, said website. I know. It's in the script. We thought this through. Yeah. <laughs> Head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, and review needs. And as Halloween is getting closer, we will be doing more and more and more Halloween features, ideas for Halloween costumes, ideas for what you're doing, ideas for jack-o'-lanterns, etc., 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 Also, if you haven't seen any of the movies, I say this every time we do one of these lists, you definitely need to try and track these down. Some of them will be harder than others. If you ever see the wrong guy and like comedy, buy it. Make sure you have it. Don't spend too much on it. But if you can get it for five bucks, it's definitely worth it. Totally. Special thanks to The Sweets for our terrific opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. And I'm going to read this verbatim because my iPad decided that this is how it's going to say. But Okay. And also, special thanks to Phil, E, who have been reading my first few New England Patriots uh, Week in Review articles. If you keep reading them, I'll keep writing them. I don't know who Phil, E is. I think it was supposed to say special thanks to all of you. Oh. But it says Phil, E. So, thanks, Phil Erickson. Yeah. yeah. Big Patriots fan. Big Patriots fan. Oddly enough, doesn't like the Bruins. I just I don't, I don't uh, get it. Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't get it. 
This has been episode 134 of the Guys From Podcast, The Morwin Podcast. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Dave. Taking us out this week is Long John Lev and their song Charity Quilt. If you like what you hear, you can check them out at their website, www.longjohnlev.com. That's J-O-N. That's how John spells John. Remember, if you have an original song that you would like us to feature at the end of our podcast, send us an MP3 or the link to your SoundCloud along with any information about your band that you would like us to pass along. Website, blurb, whatever. We're big fans of the indie community and we want to lend our support. Our email address to send that MP3 is guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing. Nothing. It doesn't pay well. Living rendition of a charity quilt Stitched from pieces of these people in these lives I built I stitched back for something for the rest But who I really am isn't my best guess The who I really am isn't my best guess Oh, oh, oh you tell me who I am On both sides of a civil war Yeah, I don't really know what I'm fighting for To be better or worse, it's a definite yes But who I really am isn't my best guess Who I really am isn't my best guess Oh, you tell me who I am